time to watch a movie you've never seen. There might be some ninjas or a crazy death machine, but there will be smiles and there will be tears. You won't watch another movie for about 800 years. It's time for death by video. <laughs> and we're back. Um, before we get into this, I just want to say one thing. I hate this movie we're about to watch. With that being said, I'm Graham. I'm Phil. I'm I'm speechless. That's Kit. And and we are joined, of course, by our always special guest, the Soviet Union's finest export, Lillian. Hey. I'm astounded. Yep. And we're also joined by our very extra special guest, filmmaker and friend of the podcast. Hello, hello. I'm flattered and honored to be here. And your name is Scott Shirick. That oh. is my name, indeed. <laughs> so we've, we've actually occurred an audience uh, for this very podcast because we're watching a very uh, uh, infamous movie. It's our first live show, yeah. I know, yeah. Can we hear from the audience? Hi, I'm Sheila. <laughs> That's not what I... Okay. So, we need applause and cheers from the I audience. Applause, I was going cheer. for like a woo, clap, clap, clap. <laughs> Yeah, that's, oh that's done, that's done, that's done. Um, Love track. Okay. She lives from L.A. Did you hear her say, let me put my gun down? Baby. Yeah. My goodness. Woo! Okay, that's good. All right. Okay. And uh, so the film we are watching, this is our very special um, New Year's Eve uh, episode. Um, and we Happy are, New Year's, everyone. We are closing off our first year's of podcast with uh, Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Um, so guys, um, do we want to talk about what we've seen since we last recorded? I, I don't know where my book of film is. Oh, here it is. Anyone? Phil, you've seen anything? I've uh, just, uh, TV stuff. I started watching the show Search Party with Alias Shawcat, which is a very good show. Oh, nice. I've heard of that show. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. Sweet. Kit, have you seen anything since we last recorded? <laughs> Scott, Scott, this is part of the dynamic chatter that, yes. uh, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's featured regularly on this podcast. Yes. Uh, what did I see? Oh, I watched one Christmas movie. What was that? Scrooged. It wasn't my Scrooge choice. But is, no, Scrooge is a solid choice. Lots of, uh, like, interesting cameos in that one. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the guy from New York Dolls, of course, everybody knows him, but uh, Miles Davis appears pretty early on. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's in there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a, there's a good dig at uh, at our current president. Well, mm -hmm. not our current president. No, the American's current president. Um, you know, Bill Murray finds himself in mm -hmm. a sewer at one point, and he's like, what is this, Trump Tower? Uh, <laughs> as true as now as it was then. Uh, Lillian, have you seen anything since we last recorded? Uh, yeah, American Horror Story. Sniffed that one through, like in one that's shot, the, the cult episode, uh, the cult season. The cult, yeah, or cult. And I heard that's really also good. a Donald Trump thing too. In that, 
Yeah, yeah. I heard there was something about a guy rubbing cheesies all over his face because he was so excited Trump won, and he's like, I'm making myself orange. Yeah, and the funny thing about this is that... <laughs> this sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> I watched... That's that's in the first episode. I think there's like 11 or 12, and I watched episode 12, the last one, first by accident. So when it went to the next episode, I clicked on two. Like, I mistook one for 11, I guess? I don't know. But it was really weird, but it really worked. So <laughs> oh, I, nice. didn't get, I didn't see the cheesy thing till. Did you just try my drink? I did. It was very strong. <laughs> Sorry, little, little hey, it's cold out there. Yeah, it's chilly out here on uh, December 31st. But yes, continue. Yeah, so I saw the very last episode first by accident, uh, completely unknowing until it came back to that last episode. But you recommend that sequential order moving forward. No, no, I was... Not necessarily, but I'm just <laughs> saying that's what happened, and it's really funny because in the first episode, that's where you see the guy with the cheesies and, you know, on his face, and... Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I liked it. It's I liked an interesting her. non-linear uh, progression. Yeah. But, I mean, it's been done before, right? Right. So it wasn't too... Non-linear progressions? Oh, like moving... I watched the last episode first, thinking it was the first episode. It was very Lynchian. More Tarantino-ing, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Completely by accident, Kit. And then I went to episode two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I feel like Nicolas Cage right now. I, I, I've done it. A, I was, B, C, D, E, F, when G, I was, When I was first watching... A, watched- <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Scott, when you need, when you feel like talking, it's hard. I've been trying to get these guys to figure it out for the past year. And we you, haven't. You need to take the microphone to speak into it. Okay. All good. Gotcha. Love your sweater, by the way. Oh, thank you. That's the uh, the, the cane of thrones. <laughs> that makes sense. All right, uh, Scott. Have you seen anything interesting? A lot of Paw Patrol, a lot of yeah. Thomas the Engine. Scott has two little ones at home. Yeah, so that's mostly what my day consists of. Although I did see the big one. I saw the Star Wars The Last Jedi. Oh. Mm. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Say nothing. Han dies at the end. Great. <laughs> nice. Speaking of going back to Nick Cage, um, he comes back. This is a lot of information. I know. He comes back and they kill him off again. It's just sort of like, it, it's very much the, remember Groundskeeper Willie in that episode of The Simpsons where he keeps coming back and, and he keeps getting killed? I'm sure it was like Han kicks open the door. It's like, I'm back. And then Kylo Ren just stabs him again. No, you're not dad. That was a Halloween episode of The Simpsons, yes. I know. It was a great one. Yeah, going back to Nick Cage, I meant to watch the movie Sunny, Nick Cage's directorial debut, oh, yeah. starring James Franco, because Tommy Wiseau is a big fan of the movie Sunny, and that's why uh, Tommy Wiseau approved of James Franco's performance as him, Tommy Wiseau in The Disaster Artist. Yeah. W- when did this movie come out? Yeah. The early aughts. Really? Mm-hmm. How was it? What's, it? what's it about? I don't know. I, I was curious <laughs> to watch it because... This is like some guy named Sonny, mm-hmm. presumably played by James Franco, and a movie directed by Nick Cage. So it's probably going to be amazing. <laughs> How was it received? Uh, twenty-one on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, a solid twenty-one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I don't. We don't count Rotten Tomatoes on this podcast no. because it's bullshit. Um, okay. Well, Tommy, you, Tommy Wiseau's opinion is the only one that matters. No. That's true. That's true. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> okay. It's really directed by Nicolas Cage. Yeah, it was his first direct. Movie they directed. 
And you do not like this movie, Graham? I have not seen it. Were there any bees in, I'm not in talking, the filming? Not, I was talking about The Room. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally spaced. What movie were we talking about just now? I heard James Franco and Nicolas Cage and Tommy Wiseau. I figured we were talking about and Disaster. Yeah, this was a movie called Sunny, directed by Nick Cage, oh. that Tommy Wiseau was a big fan of. Oh. Yes. Okay, sorry. Um, Sunny with an O or a U? An O. Ah, I see. Okay, so um, has anyone else seen anything else or should I go to my book? That You're, is one big book, is, I must say, from an outsider's perspective. It's a giant tomb. Yeah. Vanessa Young also kind of burst out laughing when she saw it. So this is... Page 436? <laughs> yeah. No, no. So this is... Uh, I, this We're going was, from 46 to 72. This was actually this, kind of a lighter, a lighter watch uh, week for me. So I watched uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, uh, the Ed Wood classic. And it's actually not as bad, because everyone was talking about Ed Wood, and I love them for the film Ed Wood, and I haven't seen Plan 9 for Outer Space in a long time. I watched it. It's a fun movie. It's nowhere near as bad as people say it is. It's way better than The Room. Mm. Uh, I then followed it up with When Death Calls, which was a shot-on-video, cheapo horror film from, I thought, like 2002 or 2003, because it's got that terrible like shot-on-mini-DV quality. It turns out it's actually from 2012. Um, so shot in SD when it de definitely didn't need to be and I kind of love those films because they're just cheap and it's some dude who lives out in the middle of nowhere that's like I'm gonna make a horror movie and he hires like a bunch of models to like play his girlfriend in it and like there's a great scene where like this guy wakes up or this girl wakes up in bed and she's all tossing and turning and she's a very attractive woman and then she wakes up next to like uh, what I can only describe as the worst hillbilly um, redneck uh, hangover you could ever expect to see in human form and he uh, they proceed to have a 20 minute uh, melodramatic thing about him saying like I left my wife for you and and I want to marry you and she's like no it's not going to work out and then they talk go back and forth for 20 minutes she gets up to leave and I'm like how is this a horror movie and then it pans over to the floor next to him where you see his wife dead with a knife sticking out of her and then he pulls the knife out of her and says like oh by the way honey one more thing cut to black it's it's terrible, awful filmmaking, but it's so kind of weirdly charming because it's kind of got a bit of like we're all making movies, kind of like Ed Wood and Tommy Wiseau, but more so Ed Wood than Tommy Wiseau. Um, then I watched on December tenth the first film I watched in my thirty fourth year of existence, Ed Wood, mm, and then nice. I followed up with actually me and Scott went to go see it, Chopping Mall on the big screen. Fantastic, by the way. How yeah. was it, guys? It's so good. We've seen it before, but I just that movie is just. Both of you have seen it before. It's an underrated gem. It's I own it. I love the movie. No, it really is. No, we're it's, not, we're it's, not kidding. it's a fusion of horror comedy. Mm -hmm. Like I would compare it with. I mean, maybe a little less, but it's it's in the vein of of, of Gremlins. I would yeah, even say. Yeah, I'd say Gremlins, Evil Dead Two. Yeah. It's it's very much a what if uh, short circuit went horribly wrong. The movie, like what if Johnny <laughs> Five came alive and went homicidal. <laughs> With like a Steve Gutenberg character and an Ali Sheedy character running around a mall, it was That's it's right. such a fun B movie. <laughs> and, and, and you know I what? Love the, look who's talking. The real good thing about it is it, it it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's short. It's tight. It's fun. Seventy five minutes, including on. credits. Can't can't be that. Yeah. How did this make get I know, made? Yeah, I know they did. I know they did, Phil. It was a good episode. It was a good episode. They did enjoy it. I don't like how did this... Yeah, they did, but that's. But they also kind of like put it down, and that's why I don't like that podcast. But they did point out something that I watched this time. Well, yeah, they, they point out the commentary. There's no, a yeah. there problematic aspect. Like, mm. They don't like it. No, well, they're, they punch down. We punch up. Um, on the, that's our podcast. Is that why we're watching The Room? Yes. That's why, no, no. This is going to be a Herculean effort. And then the last thing I watched was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which was fun. Um, okay, so let's talk about The Room. 
so I first heard of this film back in February of 2007. Wow, it's so specific. Yeah, because I remember exactly. I was watching the Oscars and someone, uh, a film director said to me, uh, his name was Ted Bezer. He directed The Birder and Things to Do. He said, hey, have you heard of this movie, The Room? And I was like, I think so. What's it about? And he's like, it's kind of like a dramedy, but not really. And I was like, oh, interesting. Well, when did it come out? It was uh, like 2000, early, 2003, early 2004. Okay. 2003. Yeah, yeah. 2003 from the audience. Yeah, 2003 from the audience. Thanks, guys. Thank you, audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so when people uh, hear the kind of movies that I like, the kind of crazy B-movies, they always say, like, oh, well, you must really love The Room. And I don't. I hate it, like I said earlier. Because... The movies I like are all earnest. They're all trying for something. They're shooting for the moon, like Chopping Mall. Even Get Even, they were trying really hard. Don't you start, Kit. <laughs> they were trying really hard, but they just failed. Like Wings Hauser, I went back and rewatched some scenes from it. Wings Hauser is giving it his all. I bought a Wings Hauser t-shirt last week. Nice. Because I love that man so much. What were you going to say, Kit? No, I was just... Isn't that kind of... I haven't seen The Disaster Artist yet. Mm. You have. Yes. But isn't kind of um, that part of it that he is trying really hard? He just doesn't know what well, he's well, doing? Hold on, hold on, hold on. If, if I may interject, we have mm -hmm. to preface this by saying some of us has seen The Rooms, others have not viewed it yes. just yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I have seen The Room, I have read the book The, the Disaster Artist, and I have seen the film The Disaster Artist. Yeah, you haven't seen Get Even. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard yeah, Get Even. mixed reviews. Well, here, here's the thing is that the difference is that Tommy Wiseau was not trying hard. He was putting money and yelling at people thinking that's what you do when you make a movie. You Like, in the book and in The Disaster Artist, anytime someone questions him, he's like, we're making big Hollywood movie. You do what I say. You know, you do what you say. <laughs> what was that accent? <laughs> that's the Tommy that's Wiseau the accent. accent. <laughs> The other you thing haven't too seen is, the movie yet, Kit. That's that's real, Graham. Yeah, the best ever is like he like at a certain point. <laughs> that was point, Borat. That well, wasn't <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. It's it pretty close. It's, it's Borat meets Christopher Walken as yeah. described by somebody on the internet, and, so, and that's exactly well, the, mentally what, unstable. The, they said. Yeah, the thing as well is that like there are moments in one in the making of the room because I've done so much research into this where like he refused to buy water for his crew and they were shooting on an unair conditioned stage in the summer in Los Angeles with hot lights going and every time they were complaining he was just like why you complain this big Hollywood movie there's no time for complaints on a big Hollywood movie why you want water you drama you dramatic queens he sounds very focused driven yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is is, isn't that part of the charm of it though is that this guy he actually believed he was doing yes. this he, he, he put did. a lot of passion behind it uh, people suffered he a lot, yes. but he put and, a lot of passion but here's the thing is that everybody else around him though is phoning it in and he didn't even notice and that's what makes this a cynical Enterprise, and that's why I do not like it. But one thing, if I may, mm -hmm. from what I've read, and I could be wrong, is that yes. they fired the cast several times over. They fired because people couldn't stand to work with no, him. No, no, no. They 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 fired uh, the person that originally played his best friend Mark, just so he could get his real best friend Greg Sestero in. Uh, they fired. Uh, they like it was even before shooting. They actually fired the crew three times. Tommy Wiseau because the crew would be like, "We need to put the camera over here. We need to light this way." And he'd be like, "No, this big Hollywood movie. We do not put camera there. We put it here." This, this, so this uh, sounds like a David O. Russell production. It does. <laughs> I actually think David O. Russell is probably like the Tommy Wiseau of Hollywood. From the audience. I think uh, a certain uh, documentarian loved that uh, comment. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's basically like, I think David O. Russell is essentially Tommy Wiseau, but with some talent. Yeah. 
Well, people have walked. People walk, a number of people walked off the side of yeah. the room. Well, yeah, for instance, and they don't show the sinking ship. Yeah, and the disaster artist, of the film, they kind of like rounded off the edges of it because like the book is very dark, and they talk about people quitting. Whereas like you never really see anyone quit in the movie, The Disaster Artist. Uh, that's also done for time. Like you couldn't obviously get in. Like, and here's another crew, and here's them initially being like, "This is great. We're getting paid really well. We're getting to shoot." And then all of a sudden, bam! They like he encounters the craziness. It can't do what they're supposed to do. Right? Well, well, to well they're paid to do what they're you know trained to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. That's right. And from my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. he was completely green going into this. He had no never filmmaking experience. Never, never he, did anything. No, 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 as no wait, 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 he did. He did. He did. He did. He did. That, wait uh, a second. The there is one thing. He actually <laughs> did. He produced, directed, and starred in a commercial for his jeans company, so that he. Could, <laughs> so that. Oh yeah, yeah. And that, Are you John DeHart friends by any chance? No, I think John oh, DeHart so. would not sully his good name by spending one minute with Tommy Wiseau. I just mean branching out that way and being so driven. Yeah, but here's the thing. So uh, Scott John DeHart is the the writer, director, star, producer, uh, exactly. and singer of the theme song of Get Even. Jeans company. Oh yeah, that it was, was like imported like Korean yeah. jeans. Yeah. Started his own well, hold on. That's Allegedly, that's, some, that's something yeah. that he's alleged. I, I can yeah. I can confirm that he does own a building that sold jeans because I was actually at that building in San Francisco. Okay, so he owned a building. <laughs> but the part that Graham owned- has neglected to mention was he was actually buying those jeans. They're they're comfy. I gotta <laughs> say, um, they they're irregular. Why why so jeans? Yeah. I know, yeah, it's like they're they're they're, they're 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 tight in the thighs, loose in the knees for some reason. I don't know. Very inspired by the commercial. But uh, but no, so he 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 did a commercial just so so in the movie his friend Mark is played by his real friend Greg, who as far as uh, Greg Sestero knows is his own. He is Tommy Wiseau's only real friend, um, and he got a SAG card early on because he went and starred in Retro Puppet Master. So Greg Sestero <laughs> got an shot agent. Shot in like Transylvania, yeah, too. They show, well, they shot in Romania because that's where the Charles Band uh, owns studios. Which part is, is Retro Puppet Master? Is that 12? I think it's like 8 somewhere. I think it's like around 8 in the Puppet Master series. Have you, have you seen this one? No, God, no. <laughs> it's bad. Greg Sestero was also like an extra in Patch Adams, yep. I believe. He was an extra oh. in Patch Adams. He was in some other stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. He was also in, I think, uh, Meet Joe Black? I could be wrong. But, Probably an um, extra as well. But yeah, so anyways, Tommy Wiseau was super like uh, jealous of his friend, his his like 30 years younger best friend, uh, getting a SAG card. So he actually was like, how can I get a SAG card? It's like, well, you have to be cast in something. So he like decided, well, I guess my jeans, my dormant jeans company needs a commercial. So he wrote, produced, starred, directed in this, and he, he paid for it to be a, a actor's hard. union commercial. No, John DeHart did not do that but crap. But look at what he's doing it for. It's true. Wait, but no, Tommy Wiseau was doing this out of jealousy and spite. Oh, Graham, I'm going in completely cold. I know nothing about this guy or anything about no, I know. This, except for what you guys have told me in the past little while. So I'm just going with No, I think this is like a balls-out passion project for Tommy Wiseau. Like. It is, but it's but it's a passion of... of Cynicism. It's cynical passion. I don't. I don't like. I'm. I'm gonna back up Lillian here. I'm gonna mm-hmm. support what she's saying because when when I first I avoided this movie like the plague, and the reason was very simple. I didn't like the fact that there was hardworking independent filmmakers making movies, and mm-hmm. no one would go and support them. Yet someone makes a crummy movie, and they come out in droves. But but now I've changed my perception. Mm-hmm. My perception is that. This guy meant, he was so impassioned to see his vision to the big screen. He had yes. no idea what to do. He was totally inept to mm-hmm. do it. And he's probably an asshole. But at the end of the day, yep. 
his passion was was created and look what's what's been the offshoot of that well, now yeah well the thing is yes that's and like well, wasn't this, wasn't his passion just to jump in here wasn't his passion really to get famous yes but here here's the which th- but he to be fair to lillian's point yes. was also john dehart's but, passion but john De, but here's the thing but john <laughs> the passion of a lot of yeah but john dehart <laughs> i guess but John I'm being De- in a bubble bath for but the playmate. John De- if we're scoring that, that's four against Graham. Yeah. But <laughs> the thing is, John... And, and also, Tommy Wiseau did not go as I'm far as to your mic, sing and uh, write his own music. So, guys, um, to get my point in, what I was saying is that um, t- the difference is John DeHart... Everybody- this goes to show who's really pulling the strings here. <laughs> Why Tommy Wiseau? Uh, no, I'm like Ed Wood, no, guys. But, no, no. Like, or John DeHart. Here's the thing. Everyone involved in Get Even liked John DeHart. Like, that's the thing. Like, he, Do we know that? Yes. They like interviewed people, and everyone kind of said, like, everyone got paid. Everyone enjoyed themselves. Like, no one walks away from a John DeHart production I'll Wasn't one there of, only one John DeHart that's production? That's I'll, I'll, I'll one of them. Yes. Yes. I'll one of them. And hated them. But there was only one Tommy Wiseau production, and everyone hated him walking out. Well, no, no, no. He's he's okay, dabbled so in some other failures since then, but... He did a sitcom. He did a very Neighbors. bad sitcom, yeah. And that one failed, too. Well, well Tommy Wiseau's Greg Sestero's meal take it now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I am so curious to see this movie now. It's like... What was it that he mm-hmm. went I have, through all this for? Exactly. I have one last question before we get into this. And, uh, for, and, yes. Is, is, to, to Graham's point, mm-hmm. now, sure, he might have been a very, very bad guy, and he probably is, but did he pay the cast and crew well? That's my That's question. That's the thing, is that he he paid them, but not enough. Like the, he he paid them and he mistreated them. Whereas like the difference, because okay. that's that's the difference is that like he turned off the air conditioning. He refused to buy them water. He that's the thing. It's like you just because you pay someone and that was his thing too. He's like I'm paying you. You do what I say. We work eighteen hour days and we sleep for two hours and come back. Like that's that was his thing. But here's the thing. I even though I hate this movie, I don't hate Tommy Wiseau. And what I mean by that is is that. I feel that like he is someone who you, it gets into it in the book. It doesn't really get into it in the movie, but like his background is kind of tragic. Um, born in like as far as we've like ascertained, born in uh, communist Poland. Wait, can I just stop you just before you get into? Because I am curious about his background and his whatever what he's all about. I if I can say that. Um, what I mean by bringing John DeHart up, John DeHart up every time you're talking about him about Wiseau is that um, I just see like similarities in the stuff that we kind of discussed about John DeHart's passion or vision and or whatever and he did this 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 like he literally was a part of every single part of that project right yes Uh, but uh, I'm not saying their visions are the same in any way no 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 and, and I think the important thing to point out as well is that the other thing I don't like about this film is the, the fans around it. Because with Gideven or Gideven, the thing we we follow is that it is a – it's only really people that are like fans of cinema. People go out to embrace cinema and they are like, yeah, we want to see this craziness. We want to see this wackiness. Whereas the people that go to the room are – I know it costs $6 million. What? Yeah, the room. The budget for the movie we're about to see. By the way, get even way less than that. But m- mind you, that that $6 million was more like around $8 million today, and most of it was just spent on the marketing. Didn't he have a billboard up on the, like, the, he the did. strip he, for like 10 years he, or something? But he also yes. shot for six months. 
and two formats. <laughs> and two formats. <laughs> also, also a good chunk of that money. He did not rent those two cameras that he shot the room he on. Bought he bought them. them. He, yeah. bought, he, bought he bought everything. He bought, he bought his, his lights, gear. his gear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, guys, uh, the my last final thought is that like and I rented out the theaters to screen yeah. movies as well. So, so that will qualify for Oscar nominations. Um, <laughs> which it didn't receive no, for some reason. I know it's shocking. I know. A film no, with the passion of Tennessee Williams. Room. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, with that being said. Um, I think we should just dive in and watch this sucker and um, see where where we all wind up yeah. at the end. The biggest question is: Will Graham will Graham change his tune? Will no. he be converted? No. Time will time will show. So wait, sorry, you've seen the Disaster Artist and the Room. Graham seen yes. everything there is to see about this film. And you, okay? I have not seen either of those films. Cheers. And Phil? <laughs> I've seen The Room. I've not seen The Disaster Artist, but I've read the book, The oh. Disaster Artist. Okay. Mm. Wow. Scott? I'm going in completely blind to this train wreck, ding, and I cannot ding, ding, wait. Ding, ding. Mm. That was the correct answer, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Happy New Year. This is our, yes. Happy New Year. Happy we'll be back in a moment Everybody with The Room. Thank you for listening. A perfect world. He's not for you. Thanks, honey. They're beautiful. A perfect life. I would do anything for my girl. I love you, Lisa. I love you, Johnny. Surprise! He provides for you. Darling, you can't support yourself. I don't love him anymore. He didn't get his promotion. And he got drunk last night. And he hit me. It's not true. I did not hit her. Well, maybe you should have a girl, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I have one already. I don't know yet. We can't do this anymore. Johnny's my best friend. This will be our secret. Don't worry. You can trust me. We're expecting! <laughs> I'm your future husband. You sure about that? Please talk to me, please! You're having an affair with Lisa, aren't you? I need more from life than what Johnny can give me. She's a sociopath. She can't love anyone. There is no baby. I told him that to make it interesting. She's such a manipulative witch. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting our friendship. I treat you like a princess. And you stab me in the back. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Hey, Danny. Where's my money, Danny? Put the gun down. What the hell is wrong with you? Just shut up. Hey! Stop it up with this world. The Room, a film with the passion of Tennessee Williams, directed by Tommy Wiseau. The best movie of the year. Experience this quirky new black comedy. It's a riot. You got it? Okay. All right, guys. So we're we're about to call uh, the number. We might get James Franco. If we get James Franco, don't don't everybody shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so the number is... I'm calling Los Angeles, California. Three, two, three... One six two zero two four. You got to hold that very microphone very steady because I can pick up all the sounds. Okay, I'm calling him on speaker. Let's see what happens. Hello. Damn it! Oh, no. oh, 
So we just called the number that's on the disaster artist billboard in Los Angeles, California. We, we got were, nothing. We were hoping to get possibly, um, I don't know who, possibly uh, Tommy Wiseau or James Franco. It would have been James Franco in character as Tommy Wiseau. Though. No, no, no. It's James Franco. I've, I've heard the story. He occasionally picks up in character as Tommy Wiseau. Oh, that'd be so good. Do you like <laughs> obsess with him or something? I, I, it I seems to, it, to be. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's like three hour time. Sorry, what was that from our audience? There's a three hour time difference between here and Los Angeles? Yes, there is. Oh. That's why I was calling because it would only be 7.30 a.m. Oh, Tommy's having dinner. Uh, how have what made you do that? Is is there somewhere where they he invites you to call in and oh yeah, there's a number on the billboard that that kid showed me. So guys, the billboard they rented out for mm-hmm. five years. RSVP. Yep. So guys, uh, I'd like to ask those of us who have not seen the room before, what did we think? Starting with first time guest of the podcast, Scott Shurek. What did you think, Scott? Oh, hi, Graham. <laughs> Already spiking the, the, the levels, yeah. Okay. Holy shit is the only thing that I can say. Um, I was prepared. I was not prepared. I, I, I've seen a lot of bad cinema. I enjoy bad cinema. I enjoy fun films. Um, still trying to wrap my head around what I've just witnessed. Uh, I guess I understand now the... Uh, the uh, the popularity of the entire thing it is <laughs> totally crazy um i i feel like at the end of the day i i kind of feel sorry for how do you pronounce his name Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. Wiseau. i kind of feel sorry for him because i i get the impression from him that this was most definitely not a comedy it was a dead <laughs> serious attempt at drama and I have a very, uh, very big sneaking suspicion that this was based solely on his life and his experiences and how he perceives women and humans around him. The inexplicable part is that anytime you're watching a scene, it's almost as if he's never understood how humans interact because the reactions are so off the wall uh, that y- y- that that's what makes the joke. Uh, it's to be honest. Scotty, I'm not surprised that you can't get your head around it because, as uh, the director points out, you probably need to watch it twice to get your <laughs> to really get the gist to of fully his understand message. the themes of relation- love relationships and, and love and, and sex. Sex. <laughs> the great, v- yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cra- it's bonkers. I, if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. But I will tell you this: it's it's not a movie to be watched by itself. You you got to watch it with good friends. You got to watch it with good drink. And if and you go, smoke, go you somewhere. smoke shit low before you go and watch that one. That's for sure. I would actually argue you should watch it by yourself because that's only the true way to experience it. With when it's just painful <laughs> and long. Connoisseur Graham. Hold on. Before we get any further here, we 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 were wondering if we were going to get a convert to the uh, the Wiso Church. Have we got that, Graham? No. <laughs> I, I will say it was uh, it was a pretty fun room watching this um, room. That's yeah, right. Okay, yeah, 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 you, you, got, you got that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a so, rumble in the audience. The, the audience is snickering. But uh, we we all laughed pretty heartily. I don't know. There was a it was a good I vibe. I still think Get Even holds the the best laugh because like on the second viewing of Get Even, you actually, fell my, on the floor. I fell on the floor, and that was my third time watching yeah. it. So I still think John DeHart uh, is I, up I here. Say if we're comparing the two, uh, Get Even all the way. That's why Lillian is on this side of the room. Uh, Will Smith, come on, that's my bro. Will Will Smith is William Smith. Yeah, William Smith. (laughs) 
his I know, younger I did brother. That on purpose. There, there is a William Smith his, in that movie. His older middle-aged white brother. brother. Yeah, yeah. Although Tommy in this was something else. Come on, can we actually, just agree on that? For a yeah, moment? actually, I want to. I want to touch upon that Go because ahead. I found this wild. Tommy, for all the build-up and all the hype, he really doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue in this film. I mean, am I am I missing? Everything he says is amazing. Yeah, everything he says is bang on, and every shirt he wears is three sizes too large. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I think what he's trying to say is like he's got the like you, when you meet him and everything that he says in it, as you said, is like nice and correct and whatever is good and bang on. But I think the whole point of it is that he had a good outlook on life but it didn't get him anywhere he was he torn gave apart it all up. he tore he had his sights set on love is blind and this and that like he had good and smart things to say he That's handled true. situations very well and very calmly but he missed the plot in the end yeah the, the core and the theme of the right? film yeah absolutely the core and the theme of the film as we identified was it's it's a wonderful message of the room it's you know love fellow man yeah. love thy woman and sex as long and, as and she's not a whore that, and lots of socks <laughs> yes and love the 30 year old adopted all right, all right. For for our our listeners that may not uh, know the plot, uh, Phil, can you take us through some of the plot here? Yes. No. Okay. So uh, <laughs> so we meet Johnny. Johnny, as played Johnny by Tony Wiseau. Joe, how I love you. By the way, no one in this movie has a last name. No. No one. So. Chris. Chris, Chris no, R. no, that's, this is still his first name. Chris. Chris we will get to Chris Arquette. Um, Our truth. So, t- Johnny works in computer sales. Or a bank. Or a bank. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very confidential, but how's your sex life? <laughs> so, and Johnny lives in San Francisco with his future wife, Lisa. Um, in a building where his best friend Greg also lives. Oh, sorry, Mark also lives. And, and Denny a, pops And Denny, a, a orphan of some kind, exists. Oh, I'm going to drop a little nugget of trivia. The character Mark is played by Greg Sestero. Yes, who, who is Tommy Wiseau's real-life best friend, according to Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero now. Um, and we should point out that Greg Sestero was also the line producer on this film. And he was initially re- refused the role of uh, Mark because he didn't want to parent it because he was afraid of how it would appear. And then Tommy Wiseau basically just said, I'll pay you a bunch more money. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. But then they had already cast the character, like an actor in the in the role of Mark. And so they just sort of said, okay, well, you know, Greg carries up for a big role, so we're shooting a demo reel. So we're going to shoot your scenes again with all the actors on set right after we're done yours. And so they did it, like, for a week. They basically had this other actor playing Mark, going through everything, and then... Okay, we're gonna bring in Greg now, and Greg would do the same scene with the same actors, with the same lighting, with the same crew, with the same camera. I'm sorry, I, I, I gotta interrupt, but just if this, if this guy, this Johnny, is every bit wiseo as he seemed in the interview. I'm sorry, but I did not see a difference. Did you? Did anybody no, here? No, okay. absolutely not. No. If this is the guy that we're dealing with, I could see shooting this flick being a living hell. Mm-hmm. Like, I could just see him... Well, here's here's a question, Graham. The uh, Greg character... Uh, really frustrating to work with. I, I'm sure. 
um, Greg, the... Even though he's got a nice outlook and whatever. I thought you were going to say has a nice ass. I thought you were heading that direction, which he does, by the way. No, he, he, he does, does not. Oh. <laughs> yes, he has quite the ass and pectoral muscles. The look on one of, our, one, of our, one of our audience's faces and the, the double oh, thumbs down from our other audience yeah. member. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nobody's feeling the ass. Okay. Yes. <laughs> So uh, yeah, like. Okay, okay, Phil, okay. go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Phil. Okay, so the <laughs> trivia. So like, after it was established that Greg Sestero was going to play Mark, like Tommy and Greg, they went to go see the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh God, yeah, I know that story. So yeah, so Tommy was so being a fan of talented Mr. Ripley, he goes to Greg. So Greg, I'm going to name your character Mark after the actor Mark Damon. No! Oh dear. <laughs> The the other thing to point out is that uh, when they saw the talented Mr. Epley, it actually freaked out Tommy Wiseau, and Greg the whole time was like looking out around him, watching him, being more and more mortified because the talented Mr. Ripley is about a person who pretends to be someone else to attract friends, but is really hollow on the inside, which is kind of Tommy Wiseau. Although I don't think he is hollow on the inside. I think he, there's a a nugget, a strange fruity center. Uh, no, Graham, yeah. are, are Greg and and Tommy still friends to this day, or they has are, this whole are, yeah. project broken well, them apart? Okay, so so here's what happened. So basically, once the room was finished, Greg didn't but see. He couldn't complete the movie for Christ's sake. <laughs> once the film was finished, um, Greg and Tommy didn't speak until the premiere. And then Greg went to the premiere. It bombed at the premiere. Whereas in the film, The Disaster Artist, it's instantly embraced as a so bad it's good movie, but it didn't happen that way. No, that took a while, right? Yeah, it took How a while. How long about? I, I think about a year. And even then, it was still like, because um, Seth Rogen told the story on a, on a podcast that like he went to go see it, and it was him and... Uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Well, I, Paul I Rudd heard him in an fan, interview, yeah. and he's like, shortly after, probably 2004 or 2005, Paul Rudd was Paul, like, you Paul gotta Rudd, go see yeah. this film. Paul Rudd well, was like, I think, the first celebrity that kind of picked up on but it. But I, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, that so The Room debuted in 2003. It yes. runs for like a year, does terrible business. But it wasn't. I don't think Phil Rudd and, and those gentlemen got involved Phil, until Phil Rudd. <laughs> oh, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, or Phil Rudd, his his estranged brother. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they got involved yeah. until after the disaster artist book was released. No, now, no, I could be I were, could be wrong, but they well they had they became fans of the film beforehand, and when the book was released, James Franco read it and felt a weird kinship with Tommy because James Franco has directed. I think over 10 films at this point, a lot of them are literary adaptations, a lot of them are like very experimental art pieces, and he he basically kind of felt like this thing of like, because James Franco for a while, we all kind of forget, he kind of came of a joke, and and he essentially or felt- he still is. Hey, God damn it, Phil, no, you're so no, negative. No, 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 come on now, Phil. By the way, we are on the hunt for a new co-host next year. Um, <laughs> hey, don't say that. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh huh. Um, anyways, but James Franco, if you're listening, James Franco, if you're listening, no, we, we would love you to have no. you on. He's I don't not care if James Franco walks in through that door right now. We are not. He didn't even pick losing. up phone. Anyways, long story short, <laughs> this is gonna be a nightmare to edit. Um, long story short, James Franco um, felt a kinship with Tommy Wiseau. He actually wrote a review of the Disaster Artist, the book, for the Huffington Post. And that was kind of his first exposure to it. He had James Franco had not seen the room, so he didn't even know what it was, uh, what the reaction was to. But he felt the kinship with that book, and then he um, he basically like got the rights to the book from Tommy Wiseau, from Greg Sestero and Tommy Wiseau, and then sent it off to two writers to write who actually didn't see the room when they were writing the book, the screenplay. 
They didn't read it. That no, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't see the room. Because they wanted the movie The Disaster Artist to stand on its own. Well, Graham, let me ask you, as, a, yes. as a, an award-winning uh, independent uh, filmmaker, do you not yourself feel some sort of kinship or some sort of, I don't know, sympathy or empathy I, for I, Tommy Wiseau I, as misdirected and inept as he is? I, I feel that, I don't know, I feel that, that Tommy Wiseau, because he's just such a smug individual, and that's true, he is smug about the whole situation, um, and I've seen him in person, is that... I feel more kinship with Ed Wood. I've said that before because Ed Wood was just like, I'm going to make movies and nothing's going to stop me. And he kept going even until he passed away in 1978. Ed Wood was still like pushing through for movies to get made. And let's clarify, how many movies did Ed Wood make compared to Tommy Wiseau? I mean, that's a good point you bring uh, up. Ed Wood directed um, (sighs) legitimate movies. One, he did like, I think like, Almost ten, but and he worked with legends. And well, he worked, he Bor- worked with Bella, Boris Karloff. No, no, Bella and- Lugosi. He never worked with Boris Karloff. Oh, didn't he? No, any it was Bella Lugosi. He worked with oh. not, Bo- not Boris. No, and Bella Lugosi's career is way over the hill. It's, it's yeah. very. It's still, a, Be- it's still Bella Lugosi. Yeah, there's a very yeah. b- bleak a chronicle. There's a very bleak chronicle of Bella Lugosi's life, and uh, you must remember this podcast. Yeah. shout out to it's, that. It's a good. It's a good episode of that podcast. I do. I'm a big fan of. You must remember this, and uh, a certain Vanessa Young turned me on to it a while ago. Ding ding. Um, so, and I told you to, about it too, Graham. Yeah, but Vanessa told me about the Bella Lugosi Ed Wood podcast. Okay. So, anyways, thanks, Phil. Um, Graham, you're tearing us apart. <laughs> Let's get back to the movie. Kit. All right. Well, just to finish off the plot because that might mm-hmm. might take yeah, you forever. Should go that, Kit. IMDb actually has a pretty good plot outline that I think. Go for it. Pretty much sums up the entire movie. We can fill in the blanks, but Johnny is is a successful banker who lives happily in a San Francisco townhouse with his fiance what Lisa. Is that? <laughs> that's his Cajun. What that's his Cajun accent. I'm going with that Cajun accent for this one. <laughs> so anyway, he lives with his uh, in a San Francisco townhouse with his fiance Lisa. <laughs> Future wife. <laughs> one day inexplicably she gets bored with him and decides to seduce his best friend Mark from there nothing will be the same again one day inexplicably go fuck yourself it's not inexplicably are you fucking kidding me man Johnny falls asleep after having sex with Lisa hardly he's like propped up he's like uh, he's he's he sleeps in the weirdest position. It's true. He's like, mm-hmm. well, hold on. Everything I've read, and I'm sure Graham knows this, is that this guy alleges to be a vampire. They they joked about having a scene at the end. It was a big twist ending where his Cadillac or whatever car he was driving a Benz. I thought it was a Mercedes Benz. A Mercedes Benz. Where it was going to take off off the roof and fly off to end on the note that he's Maybe in, he had in flying being a vampire. Car. Yeah, it could work. You never know. <laughs> he could be a vampire. Wait, it's his. It's his suicide, right? Right. I'm gonna. Oh my God! I'm just looking at like a very old photo of Tommy Wiseau. Let's he does. See. He he's he. I won't say he Gosh. hasn't aged, but he's definitely had like. Okay, can we all yeah. agree that he's not twenty eight in the film? No, can no. we agree upon that? He's not a guy in his late twenties. In, in the room. did he claim to be twenty eight, or is that he, just some sort of myth that, that gets? He won't reveal his age. He, he, yeah, he basically. Well, the the rumor the, goes those he's muscles said at least fifty three. Yeah, you the mean ones sh- that I saw so, shoulder pads. Okay. <laughs> you mean his butt? No, I was this talking is, about his like wrinkled like butt. 
torn kind of torso that he shows off frequently. Yeah. Well, just at the beginning, I guess. That yeah. scarred butt shows age and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And we get to see the whole Tommy Wiseau, too. There's a lot of the undercarriage. Full, the full Wiseau. There's, an, there's some undercarriage we see. Yeah. <laughs> And Graham, um, you mentioned that that footage is kind of just kind of repeated because he had to kind of use what there, he got. There, there's two love scenes between uh, Johnny and Lisa. and Lisa, and two love scenes between Lisa and Mark. We should point out that so the first love scene happens five minutes into the movie. Oh, yuck! With rose petals. You said there's a good breakdown of the plot on. He read through it. That was it. That was it. it was very... Oh my god! That was. It what? was brief. That was it. <laughs> One sentence. Yeah, it was quite brief, but to the yeah, point. I, I don't. I, mm-hmm. I think. I think that the the plot is really. This man came from the Eastern Bloc. He had no experience in the United States. He was independently wealthy. He decided on the plane ride over he was going to make a film. No. He met a woman. She totally betrayed him. They played football outside in an alleyway and green screened it, and then they shot it. That's my impression of it. And 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 her mother had breast cancer. Everything goes wrong at once. Nobody wants to help me, and I'm dying. You're not dying, Mom. I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. No, your mother De- had- <laughs> definitely had breast cancer. And don't ask her about Edward. <laughs> I-, I think his intentions were good, but his delivery was very lacking. So, what I have gathered what is were that. His intentions? Tom. Well, what he was trying to get across, and like the whole betrayal, and the pain, and the like, loving someone, and then was and what exactly? It was very. <laughs> it was. It was. It wasn't done in a way that it was you could take God seriously. Damn it. It's real but, love. But it was. It like you could tell that it came from a place of. Okay, so he he dated a woman who uh, slept around on him. I could believe that. Maybe not, may, but uh, he's he's showing that. But then, what are his intentions with no, this I'm, movie? I'm, 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 with, showing... I'm with Lillian here. He bought her roses every single day. He's showing they what it means to that. be in love with someone and have them betray you. That's it. Yeah, he wasn't genuinely in love. He brought her roses every day. He knew the pet owner by uh, pet, pet owner by name. That was, well, no, he, he was her name. best customer. The and best customer. He loved the dog. He's a good guy. And it came up a few times tonight that there was a the turning point. Oh, this is the turning point where she turns against him. This is the turning point where she doesn't love him anymore. And just now when you were reading the plot or something, it mentioned that again. And I was like, what? This and is me, not And let me ask you a question, honey dip kid. Flip of a, who, who, knows, flip of a, who knows a man better than a woman's mother? She said he was okay with her. <laughs> Repeatedly, if I'm not mistaken, it, it's true. Claudette, who's who's the true hero of this movie, um, often tries to counsel Lisa into sticking with Johnny because he's got a job at the bank or the computer store. Yeah, regardless wherever he works. of the fact that she's blatantly telling her that I'm not in love with him and I'm kind of in love with someone else. She keeps on telling her mother that she's like, "No, I'm sleeping around with Mark, Mom." Who cares? Uh, this guy's got you set. <laughs> So just Sorry, forget 2003. all that. Be smart, right? All seriousness, though, what I have gathered from my extensive research into the past of Tommy Wiseau is that he came to North America at some point in the 1970s, at which point he found himself in San Francisco and he started building up his clothing company. And he really uh, found success in the uh, 80s and early 90s. Around this time, he had a relationship with a woman um, who Named he th- Lisa? no, but he uh, he thought it was 
going well and then she left him or she wound up uh, being intimate with someone who was close to him or someone he perceived close to him um, and he couldn't really process it. And there's rumors that there was a car crash that he was in, Mm. um, which caused him to... I don't want to say have brain damage, but he definitely there was a break between him before and afterwards. Now, is there rumors or is there actually evidence behind that? Um, there's references to a car crash in in the disaster as the book, uh, and the rest is kind of like what what the rest about the actual relationship is rumors, and that this is kind of his like he couldn't process why someone would want to leave him because he's like I'm the perfect guy. Why don't you like me? And so I he buy ca- roses every day. I and so this, he, but I'm like. Mm. Yeah, I'll second that. I, I think it comes across uh, quite clear, though. You're 100% right. No, no, no. Because he wrote this. This is clearly a passion yeah. project. And he wrote this. Like, when you watch it. No, 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 no. All jokes aside. No, dead serious. If When you watch it through oh, that prism. When you watch it through that prism. It doesn't make any sense, and sec- yeah. except in the context of his own head. This yes. is him trying to work out what happened to him uh, wrongly. And prior to this, he tried to make this as a stage play. It was failed. So he's like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to fund my own movie. I'm going to hire my I own people. I, I think he's uh, he means well, but he's just not... Uh, he's very fixated on his own vision of it and doesn't want any... Any criticism or any help whatsoever because he could really use exactly, it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, none whatsoever. He could really use it because he's got heart. Yeah. He's got something well, to play, well, but his execution blows. He needs a lot of help. I, I would say I don't, he's woefully disturbed. I don't but. even think his execution... Okay, here's the thing is that he... The thing is is that he berated his crew. He treated them poorly. That's he didn't right. provide them with water. He didn't provide them with food. He didn't provide them with breaks. He, like, treated his actresses poorly. There are... There are says them, but I, it no. sounds to me like... No, 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 hold on a second. It sounds... No, no, no. It sounds to me like wow, someone who's well. like, come on, guys, I really want to get this done. I did not mistreat them. I did not. Now, there, well, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. And and the, the second Graham here, and I'm going to have to go against Lil here, is that he's portrayed himself as, you know, the everyday man and the man... We don't know anything about this guy except for what he wrote about himself. We don't know how horrible this know. guy was. D-I-C-K. Okay, I don't know D-I-C-K about this guy. I'm telling you right now. But, um... I, I can see like I can see it I mean do we I, all I feel that? like wait, wait I feel like, like he's never met a, a woman before wait and doesn't know women we all that's, know that's that person who like wants you to do stuff and like okay are we in are we doing this well we gotta do it you know like that's not how he approached this thing his, his, you gotta understand there is <laughs> documented video of him yelling at people being like this is Hollywood movie you do what I say you do not question you just do I pay you lots of money. I pay six million dollars for this movie. I know. I guess I just can't. Let's let's impossible believe in the we saw legend. I think. I think you should read the book, The Disaster, because it gets quite dark. Like he, yeah. No, I'm not. uh, It's really hard to explain, but like I'm not negating. I'm just kind of saying, okay, this is how this guy is. Like, are people seriously? I mean, it sucks that if these. It sucks that if these people weren't paid for their work, is that what happened? No, they were paid, but they were just treated horrendously. Okay, that really sucks. Well, then fuck those people. Okay, can you but, stop into the mic? but what is the <laughs> but it, what is the horrendous part? I mean, I mean, he, was trying he to seems kind of like eccentric like, in a way okay, that so, he's so locked into wait, wait, wait. ways and. Uh, so the woman who played Claudette. Maybe no, no, no. Maybe I'm going too no, far no, with it. No, 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 that's why you're here. It's here's the thing. 
the woman who played Claudette, the mother-in-law, or the, not mother-in-law, but future mother-in-law of, Tom, of Johnny, the mother of Lisa, she actually, on the day that they were complaining about there's no, not being any water, um, she suffered a stroke on set. What? Yeah, so like it was a heat stroke. Uh, I think she. I think it also like led to a cardiac arrest. She that's, up, that's legit. That's legit. She went wow. up finishing the movie, but yeah, but like, and it was due to him not having like air conditioning on set, not having water. Like they had to eat outside in the scalding hot sun. I guess the question is though, is that due to his own? Uh, how do you say this? His his inexperience on, I, I on think filming it's, or it's, his so, own insistence. Like, I feel like I, it all can be explained in some way. But I but I think I, but the, but the difference is that like look I've I've heard many horror stories from many like low budget independent films of crews being frustrated and angry. But the thing about him is that it was his arrogance masquer like his inexper- inexperience that he masked like turned into arrogance, where it's like no you do what I say I lead the crew. Um, and you gotta remember, like he had his entire crew quit on him can, twice. Can I ask a question? I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes, here. Go ahead, I'm just go ahead. burning curiosity. the The woman who played the lead, his his uh, his yeah, well, Juliet. they never they never actually say fiance. I notice in the film, they keep saying future, future husband, wife. future wife, future wife. But the one that plays the future wife is in all those sex scenes. What's her sock take on all this? Sock scenes. Yeah. How? What? What was? Well, what was she, her impressions after she left us? She's been interviewed a couple times about it, and like the one thing she kind of just sort of says, like everyone was kind of just overwhelmed by this, like, oh, we're making a movie, we're getting paid to be here, it's going to be great, and everyone kind of soldiered through because the paychecks kept coming. Like on, on low budget films, so he paid o- okay. Then he, I paid, guess. he paid enough to keep them going, but it was also he was dealing with people. It was a six million dollar budget. Yeah, six million dollars under that, but he basically is also doing it because he and he also like he. Mm-hmm. He's, she she got the worst of his verbal abuse, Ooh. according to the book. Yeah, I'm sure she might. I'm sure because yeah, she's yeah. like she the most him. in it. No, and but I mean, like, I, I I don't remember much from the book, but there was like, I don't remember much from the book, but there was one part where like. Yeah. Like Greg Sister was like talking about how she had uh, she had like a minor breakout and then like Tommy scolded her for it. Oh, you mean yeah, when she had a zit on her back Something and he like, like yeah. so basically like so the scene goes like this. This is just also so ridiculous. No, but I know, but it's so ridiculous, but because it's true. So the scene goes like this: is that basically there's many ways you can sort of say like, hey, you can talk to makeup. Can we cover that up? You can talk to wardrobe. Can you give her, give her a top that doesn't expose so much of her back? But instead, he shouted out in front of the entire crew, Oh my God, look at that zit. It is so disgusting. We cannot have zit on back of beautiful girl. Like, have they even had a combo with him for five minutes? Like, if I had a combo with him for five minutes, I would know right out if I was acting in this movie for him and he freaked out at a zit on my back, I would just not even be, I wouldn't even bat an eyelash that he was freaking out about it. That's just my incredulity about all of this, I guess. See, Lillian, you, you you always believe the best in people, which is why we love you. Which give everybody the benefit of the doubt, and I don't know. That's good, but I think in this case you're wrong to do that. But but, but no, I don't want I don't want to put you down for that though, because at the end of the day, like this is a movie that all these people are kind of like I don't want to say living off of because anytime any actor other than Greg Sestero was trying to speak out Tommy Wiseau has sued them into silence well let's, go let's, ahead let's get back into the uh, warm narrative of this of this oh my God. film um, could could anyone speak to the character of Denny and how he gets <laughs> okay how he gets into trouble so here's the thing. Oh wow, yes. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's, take a, let's take a bite out of that apple. Yeah. So, so who is Denny? Who is 
<laughs> I, 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 I like what like you did there, Scott. Yeah. He's an apple lover. <laughs> In moments of high anxiety, he crunches on one on some, a red delicious. Some red delicious. We, we have to, we have to point out that Denny is actually the actor who played him. <laughs> Is actually older than Elisa and most of the other cast, other than uh, uh, Tommy himself. Can we also say for first-time viewers, it was very confusing as to who he was. I didn't know if he was the son of them, or oh, if he yeah. was the son of her, or if he was just a strange neighbor, or... So, really wasn't sure who he was. It turned out to be a kind of Melrose Place type of thing, didn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it really did. It, Everybody which, in the building would just end up in their apartment at Which one made no sense whatever. because I didn't get the impression they lived in a building anyways. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't really know. I know. Philip uh, Haldeman was the name of, the, of Denny. And I'm just seeing what else he's done. I don't think he's done much. He... <laughs> yeah, he, so um, uh, he was born in 1977. Oh, my God. He's so now he, um, 40 years old. He was in uh, some kind of short film called Awesome Guy, A New Identity. He's still, he's, he's still he in his 20s, though, in uh, 2003. Can we talk yeah. about the character himself, though? That was kind of weird. I mean, he gets introduced. We don't know anything about him. All of a sudden, they're having this really... There's this sexual tension between the two leads. Well, they go up to the bedroom. He gets into a pillow fight in bed with him. I mean, that's stranger danger, the isn't thing, it? The thing is, is that I think that... Tommy Wiseau intended well, the, the character this to This film be has it. a consistent yeah. problem, I'll just point off, uh, with introducing <laughs> characters. Aside from Johnny, this we don't... Every episode of the podcast. That's the thing I want to... We don't, we don't learn the names of any major characters aside from Johnny until like 40 minutes into the film. <laughs> That's the thing that kept slapping me in the face tonight. It's like he doesn't feel the need. He, he wrote the, sc- the script. Oh, you're Wiseau, saying this yes. was an artistic choice. No, not even that. This is him. <laughs> This he's is that, him. I can't believe. His time. <laughs> I can't believe people don't know who they're dealing with sometimes. Like uh, this is him. But, but the thing is, he they, uh, he's playing forty chess. So hold on, hold I on, Lillian. Like, he's. I feel like this whole movie was really fucking half-assed, but the intention was really good. He but let us ask to, you. Let us ask you a question then. He, he originally it. intended this to be a very serious drama, a dramedy in the vein of like not even a dramedy, just a drama. Uh, yeah, sorry, excuse me, Tennessee Williams. Yeah, a drama in the vein of Tennessee Williams, like hard hitting shit I mean we're talking about I mean are we talking about like streetcar named desire that's Tennessee Williams is it not yes I think I think he really thought he was hitting it really hard but here's the the thing the tagline of this film was a drama with the passion of Tennessee Williams so how do you how do you speak to him changing his tone halfway through now that it's a success and saying I meant it as a black comedy it's not a black comedy no but uh, that's what I mean though you're saying that you feel like you feel like that was his intent, but now he's changed his perception of what I the events were. I feel like he thinks this is A-plus work, but it's not. It's so far from it. No, he's clearly saving face. Like, he realized, he finally caught on that people were laughing at his work, so... Oh, people are laughing and enjoying themselves. That's good. It's black comedy. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. else are you going to do if you produce something like this? <laughs> I'm serious right now. So you're saying his intention is just that he meant to do something well, but his intention was not his, his intention. His delivery wasn't good. Gotcha. I, his heart is good. I love Tennessee Williams. Uh, for him to, 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 to use that as inspiration is absolutely wonderful. Obviously. And this guy, um, I think... I don't know how else to put it. He means well, but he just needs to come back and revisit it and let it let it air out and work on it and and do many many <laughs> okay, many many okay. many changes. We're, okay, okay. With, okay. With with script and character he needs a and just, yeah, yeah. His his wife needs a rewrite. <laughs> so 
What I want to say is, is that listen, we were. Well, you guys are ragging on him for. We're on the Denny. You guys are ragging on him for certain things that I I think he's kind of innocent of. Yes, I, uh, here's the thing. We we all talk about Tommy Wiseau. We don't talk about the other actors. They did not give a crap. Like they clearly were spitting out lines and collecting a paycheck. Right. Like the they meanderwears were guy. In it, weren't they? Huh? They Consistently were all bad. In it. Yeah. They were all. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to try to pull this back to Denny's arc here. Oh, God. So, so, <laughs> Denny's arc. So, so Denny we meet. Uh, we, don't, we don't learn his name as we've, as we've uh, kind of talked about. Until but, he uh, comes in and goes, ha, 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 Denny. But, uh, yeah, he, he comes in. He's like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, we love you, Denny. We're going to go upstairs because I just Because I need a nap. And I she's brought my princess a red dress. Yeah. Um, and so Denny's like, okay, I'll stay downstairs. But he doesn't stay downstairs. He, he runs upstairs mm-hmm. and he joins them in bed. And they're like, hey, Denny, take a hint. Ha ha ha. Uh, two, is, two is fine, but three is a crowd. <laughs> so no, the, the, thing, the thing about Denny is that I think he was written to be a much younger character, like a kind of like a street orphan that you would find in a Dickensian uh, book. Um, but the reality is there are no more street urchins running around. Yeah, like so what's that, what's that show of this couple? They live in this apartment in New York, and this little kid comes down through the fire escape and joins them. And It's not mad about you, is it? On, no. On, <laughs> okay. on the, how does this get made up? It's mad about you so much better. So what I think happened is Tommy Wiseau was intending for him to be a street urchin, like I was saying, like a Dickensian character. But then the reality was you couldn't get a character that young, like someone in there like uh, pre-10 years old. So they're like, okay, we'll make him a teenager. But then Tommy Wiseau, because he's so age-inept, cast um, like the oldest actor other than himself on set and probably possibly Chris R. to be this teenager <laughs> character. So it didn't make any sense because like a little kid following them upstairs, that's kind of cute and like, ah, ha, ha. A teenager following them up, that's weird. A grown-ass man following them up, that's just wrong. Yeah. I understood that he was younger. Well, Denny, who's in real life older than Greg Sestero. Yes. But he wanted to get in on the action is what I understood. But how does... uh? No, he didn't. I, I thought not. Well, I no, he did not. Reason. He was in love with Lisa. Yes, he did but, not. But they mentioned it on multiple occasions. The kids point. He was like, I want, I want to kiss Lisa every but, time I no, see her. No, but that's what draws him to go into their area and hang out with them. Because he's jealous. Because he's got a crush on Lisa, but he knows that she's with this guy, and he's just. <laughs> anyway. This is this is where I think Tommy we so is shamefully misunderstood. His 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 misunderstanding of women. Right, period as a gender is is, is is tenfold if you watch this because every single time that a character comes into the scene they mention how hot she is every single time including the orphan kid and I believe that in his own sick twisted mind he actually believed that I'm going to look great taking care of this sick orphan kid. He did, yes. Except that the sick orphan kid keeps addressing how hot his his future wife future is. Future wife is, which is there to basically reinforce the fact that she's a great woman and he's a good guy. Yeah, he he even confesses this fact in a very awkward scene on the rooftop, where he's like, "Johnny, I have to tell you something." Yes. Well, here's the thing: is that, and this is why I have problems with this movie, is that. Everything in this film is supposed to show how great to- uh, Johnny is, played by Tommy, and how bad everyone else around him is. Because, like, look, oh, he took in this orphan 28-year-old. Yes. He has this girlfriend <laughs> that he's supported for the last five to seven years. He's got a best friend who he is best friends with. 
He's got a mother-in-law that likes him because he brings home the bacon. He works hard at the bank or computer company. Hang on. And he supports everyone. He is the focal point of their universe. He's wonderful. And yet they all choose to abandon him except for his adopted orphan <laughs> mid-twenties son. eating son. <laughs> well, but, well, not even that. Like, we, we mentioned Chris yeah. R, but we, didn't, we haven't established who Chris R is. Yes. Chris R is the drug Chris, dealer. Chris oh, hyphen guys, R. Guys, isn't it sad, though? I think we're missing the greatest character arc of the entire piece, which is Phil, where he actually character arcs into a whole new character. Oh, Peter, you mean. Peter! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so there is a character in the film who was... Wait, we haven't finished with Denny! <laughs> We're done with Denny, Kit. This episode's never going to air. I'm no. never going to be able to edit it. No, because Denny... <laughs> he has a drug problem. I said we're, I told everything about Denny. What about Chris R? Chris R is a drug dealer who sold Denny drugs either to use or to sell to gain money for his own personal use. Denny fails in his attempts to sell drugs, and then when Chris R comes to collect, Denny says, "I'll get it in five minutes." And he says, "But here's the thing. I think he says that to order to say like, I'll be right back," and then he runs away. However, Chris R pulls a gun, points it right at Denny's head, says, "Where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money?" Where's He's the money. Arrested. He's arrested by Tommy and, and Mark. Tommy Wiseau it's and Mark. a very important gun, by the way. So then Johnny and Mark come in, grab him, disarm him very easily, pull him away while Claudette and uh, and uh, Lisa are like, hey, what's with the drugs? What drugs are you doing? Why did you do drugs? Why do you know this man? It's very important that you tell us this. Why would you need drugs ever? I, and he's just the whole time he's like no 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 I don't know I don't know I don't know and they keep yelling at him How, what kind of drugs do you take <laughs> so many different options on like what are you taking and why and he just constantly denies we them we never find out what drugs he's taking I was assuming or why <laughs> well, we it, don't even know if he's doing the drugs <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem like he's doing drugs with his tucked in friggin uh, golf shirts and his, his mushroom cut haircut that's the thing he's <laughs> Any detail about anything in here, and it it, it, it kind of only, it, it's kind of like it doesn't matter. Like we all have these fucking bullshit problems, and and it, the details don't really matter. Catch you later, uh, and then like kind of life goes on, and and. All right, Graham, to, uh, to discuss the character of Peter. Peter is a friend of Johnny, who is a psychologist. <laughs> And who actually gives him some advice, like, it seems like this, your girlfriend turns on you on a dime for no real reason. He puts it together that she's sleeping with Mark, spoiler alert, and confronts Mark and says, hey, you probably shouldn't be with this woman because she is clearly using you to get, to manipulate the situation with Johnny. And, and Mark tries to murder Mark tries him. to throw him off a building. <laughs> Which is forgotten two seconds later, by the way. And then once he stops doing it, Peter's like, hey, that was crazy. And Mark's like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. They're like, yeah, okay. Now, Graham, did we ever establish if uh, Peter is actually his psychologist or just a friend that happens to be a psychologist? I, I'm, I'm going to approach this from the thing of that he's just a psychologist who happens to be a friend. Gotcha. And then, then why is Peter no longer in the film after this? So, there is a scene where Peter and Mark and T Johnny and Denny play football in tuxedos, which is for... I I assume it's for a fitting. 
Possible. It's not their wedding day. It was very perplexing to us. Yeah, they kind of looked like a wedding day. They kind of said maybe it's for photos. It's not. I think it was just a fitting. It's a great yeah. scene because, um, oh, I don't know who comes in uh, first. Mark comes in with his tuxedo. And then, like, two seconds later, there's another ring at the doorbell. And then it's Denny. It's Denny. And then, and then two then seconds Peter. later, there's a ring at the doorbell. And it's Peter. It and it's like, it was you, Peter, couldn't, you couldn't Denny, all just Mark. wait to ring the doorbell. You got that totally wrong, kid. It was, it was, Pe- it was Ooh, Peter first. You got the wrong no, sorry, way. it was Denny first, then Peter, then Mark. I'm not a veteran of the room like you, my friend. God but no. But they could I'm have just all like, oh, we're all one. here together. Let's let's just wait a half second and come in together. But no, they didn't do that. No. no. So they went to play football, and then Peter trips and falls and says, like, okay, I'm done. And that's the last we see of him in the entire movie. Um, the actor, I believe, had another gig coming up, and he took it and just broke his contract with Tommy. That's the other thing, too, to remember is that, like, all these actors had crazy contracts where they couldn't leave, otherwise they would have to return all the money they had been paid already. Well, you bring up a good point. I mean, how long was the shooting schedule on this? Approximately six months. Six months? For which... principal photography in the studio, not including the pickup shots in San Francisco. Which seems incredible after watching a picture like this that looks like it could, that was know. filmed over two days. Yep. Two days. Yeah. And then Peter just like magically transforms Lost Highway style. Yeah, he, yeah, becomes, oh, he, totally. he becomes a totally different character. Everyone was kind of perplexed, and then I had to explain, like, no, it's the Peter character, but they just gave his lines to a different character, and everyone's like, oh, that kind of makes sense in the weird world of this movie. So uh, another character pops in here, though, uh, a very major sequence uh, during the birthday party, and basically challenges the leads about their going ons and we've never seen this guy before have we Graham no that was the guy I was just talking about (laughs) well I just kind of figured he's a friend at a birthday party he's just another close friend actually that's the one smart bit of business that the film does do because that is where you would see friends but to be introduced in the last 20 minutes of the movie is incredibly bizarre and he's not even introduced no, he just comes in like, what's going on, guys? And everyone's just like, yeah. Like, he was always there. The thing is just very half-ass. And then there's another friend but, who's never... But he doesn't know that it's half-ass, I feel. And then wait, there's wait. An... Are we getting a question from the audience for the first time ever? It's not a question. It's just an observation. I noticed that the interaction that they had in the movie was, wasn't so far off from real life. I mean... I don't know. I've seen people interact that way. You start telling them one thing and then they change the subject like they didn't even hear you. Like, <laughs> hi, I have breast cancer. How's your sex life? Yeah. I, I actually have seen it. Oh, yes. By the way, I was born in 1998. <laughs> that was the most surreal moment. Of our podcast. (laughs) That was um, Tatiana uh, Tatiana from Russia via Los Angeles, a.k.a. Sheila. I'm going to say my response to that question is no. That's all I'm going to say. No. We're going to say no to that. I say yes. I know you you would have her back. No, but seriously. Some of these conversations are real. We, we, we got to take more questions from the audience. So here's some trivia from IMDb. Entire scenes were shot out of focus because no one was bothered to check the lens. I don't think that's actually true. Most of this film is in focus. Tommy Wiseau claims there's a cu- There's true. a couple sh- uh, shots that aren't in focus, but I don't think any camera operator hired would not check to see if they're in focus. 
Now, what's um, the uh, Graham? What's, that's a that's a good question. Bring mm-hmm. up who's the guy behind the camera who's shooting all the this? The cinematographer. There's been there were more than one. <laughs> Uh, well, from what I had heard, and I, I guess it's just a rumor, and I don't know which one, is that they directed the majority of the picture. No, no, that's nonsense. That's true. I have no idea, possibly. <laughs> Sorry, I can't just point out a bit of trivia, and I was like, I don't know. Um, so the official um, uh, credited cinematographer is Todd Barron, who there were there was more than one though, because there was a, a separate cinematographer for the San Francisco unit. There is another cinematographer for the... Um, there, he was replaced, I think, once or twice. He has other credits, strangely enough, um, all in the camera department. I don't think as a cinematographer. He did... Um, let's see. He worked on the TV show Teen Wolf. He worked on the show Preacher as a camera operator. He worked on Lady Dynamite as a camera operator. He worked on... He worked on Community as a camera operator, one of my there favorite shows. Um, the New Normal, Animal Practice, Luck, Happy Endings, um, a lot of good stuff here. Bones. <laughs> wow, Life After the Room. Yeah, Todd one Baron. of the few people, Semi-Pro, all as a camera operator, not a, not a cinematographer. Semi-pro. I don't think he's getting wow. any work as a cinematographer based upon this film. No, 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 that's not what I meant, but I mean, it, it certainly felt like he hired somebody that maybe kind of knew what they were doing oh, yeah. somewhat, and they got so frustrated on set with, you know, with Tommy focusing on his performance and all and his private bathroom on set by the way on set he had installed a bathroom and i say that with air quotes although i'm not using air quotes it was a toilet connected to the plumbing surrounded by curtains this was tommy wiseau's private bathroom which he would use on set so he wouldn't have to leave set while he needed to answer nature's call it was incredibly bizarre, <laughs> considering the fact that less than 10 feet away, there was an actual bathroom. As opposed to all the non-bizarre things about Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> yes. Why am I not surprised? Like, do we really do we really have to sit down and, like, freak out about this? Like, do Okay, so here's the question. At the, at the end of the screening, at the end of the viewing, the, the, the behind-the-scenes... Is this guy in his right mind or what? I mean, what's what's the consensus here? The answer's I, no. No, I, I would think he Absolutely actually... Absolutely not. Here's the thing. I think he now is. I think he's had enough of a reality check through the book and through the movie. Because you have to understand, like, the movie doesn't make him look good. The book makes him look worse. And he approved both of them. So, and he is also, like, he's also, like, toured with this film. People... And the thing is... Again, the people that go out to see this movie are not cinema fans. They're people that go he, out to he laugh. He came to Toronto with it back in... Several yeah, times, yeah. yeah. Um, he, like, they go there to laugh at this film, not with this film. It's not an embracing of odd outsider cinema. It's a ha-ha, look at this clown. Agreed, but does he have the, does he have the mental understanding to, to, to comprehend that, though? Or Yes, because if... In the case of, like, so, uh, several other films that are considered so bad they're good, Birdemic and um, uh, Troll 2, both the writer-director, the creators behind that, like, think, no, this is a good idea, people just aren't getting it. Like, with Birdemic, uh, this director who wrote it, he said, like, I wanted to make an environmental thriller with a romantic story involved, and it took off, and he's like, no, 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 even though people say they're laughing, they're really, really behind this movie. There's something here. So, like, that's why he has not had a chance to make anything else, because he's been pursuing Birdemic 3, which he wants to do for, like, $20 million. And then with the, the film Best, or with the film Troll 2, the director of it, Claudio Fergazzo, who was one of the writers of, of one of the films we watched, Zombie 3, 
Um, he actually, when he initially heard that people are like going to see his film 20, 30 years after the fact, he's like, oh, they're finally getting it. They're understanding that like, you know, these young characters, they like, it, it was an inspiration to Harry Potter. And that's <laughs> a bit of a stretch. I know. And then he went to go see a screening and when they were all laughing, he's like, I don't understand what they're laughing at. We made a good movie. We made a serious movie. These people are wrong. And he doesn't get it. Whereas Tommy Wiseau has embraced the whole like, okay, I spend $6 million and people are appreciating it in a way that I don't didn't initially think, but they appreciate it and he's able to, he, he's probably made his money back at this but, point. But is it misunderstood still though? Because w- from what I've read and I haven't seen mm-hmm. any of this, I know he went on to do The Neighbors, which we talked about briefly. Which is an unfunny TV series, yeah. Right, but at the same time, now he thinks he's he's some sort of comedy mastermind and he can't replicate the magic that he did with The Room. the joke is on him. No, I I think it's pretty clear the joke is on him. I think I don't know if he well, recognizes that though. Okay, well the thing is, it's it's very common with people who have this. So like I've seen half of Samurai Cop two. By the way, I love Samurai Cop. It's another movie where people he's start, in that. Is he not? Yeah, he he's yeah. in Samurai Cop two. Uh, Samurai Cop two is awful because they're in on the joke. Right. Neighbors was awful because he was in on the joke. Birdemic two was awful because the actors in that were on the, in on the joke. So it's like when you're trying to play can't be like trying to play so bad it's good it does not work this is kind of what i didn't like about uh was it psycho cop 2 yeah yeah that's kind of the same because they were all in on the joke and it's like this isn't as funny as you guys think it is yeah so that'd be a a lesson to you uh cinema cinema files out there is that if you're trying to make bad cinema you can't make bad cinema you can't plan to make bad cinema bad cinema happens uh, it's usually out of a yes. place of earnest, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say, but again, the difference between The Room and everything else, I think the reason why The Room is taken off is because people feel free to shit on it because the actors in it did not give a give it their all. Whereas films like Samurai Cop... I think Claudette gave it her all. I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. Claudette gave it, did give it all. But I think films like Samurai Cop, but, like Get but, a Vin... But, 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 how can the director be happy if if it's not it's all? Well, I mean, How he's Tommy Wiseau's and put his name on it. This is the conundrum keeping, that we it's experience. Keeping him relevant, it's keeping him relevant. He's yeah, making money off he's of making it. money off of it. I don't think he's on a joke. I still think he genuinely made. He thinks he made a great. I'm sorry, film. but his performance in this wasn't his. Let me put it this way. I mean, like, in, in that neighbors what kind thing. What performance was that? Sir? But that's what, that's what I'm trying one. to say, though. In, in in his neighbors that he's doing now, he's Spend doing two roles. He's doing two roles, and that's to show his range. I don't think he realizes that he's horrific. I, in my opinion, I think he, he. In my opinion, I think he was okay with everybody's performance in this. He was okay with everybody's. Delivery. I agree. It just hits them. It just misses the I, mark. I, I, I like, think, but, it, but it was his own delusions of grandeur. I, yeah, he I thought that he was doing something amazing, and he thinks he's telling something really. Smart. I and think he thought if he made here. a movie, if he if finished this film that he was he and was he's, thinking and about, he's hoping and hoping to move based people, based on genu- but genuine um, emotions and experience that he had, that it would naturally catch on and become an Oscar winner. He it's thought, just like he somebody, this, yeah, it's just like somebody Grammy saying, "I would love a million dollars." It doesn't mean he released this in theaters because he, he thought, released it in two theaters in order to qualify for an Oscar to qualify nomination. for Oscars because he genuinely thought that he had something here, but he just doesn't know. Um, how anything works? There's, I there's a lot to unpack here. I, I still don't like this movie though. I, I love, 
I love some of the errors that I'm reading about here on uh, IMDb. Go for yeah. it, Kit. <laughs> we'll I'm just, with you on that one. Like, character on. error. Johnny claims that he couldn't cash a check because it was out of state. Which he does claim. That's that's, that's his origin <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, that's, that's how he met Lisa. His origin story. However, it is entirely possible to cash an out-of-state check. <laughs> Johnny, a banker, should know this. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, to be fair, at that point, he's not a banker. He's on computers. Computers <laughs> and or banking. He's in the computer business. <laughs> Maybe he's into computer banking. Computer <laughs> banking. That's, where... that's oh, why yeah. he was passed over for the promotion. <laughs> It, it, it us with another one, Kit. Go for it, Kit. <laughs> oh, it just it's, uh, silly little things like Lisa orders a, Lisa orders a pizza that is half Canadian bacon with pineapple, half artichoke with pesto, and light on the cheese. <laughs> the half-eaten pizza scene later is a plain cheese pizza. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> like, Keep going, Kit. They're they're so they're so strict with this film with the uh, the TV that Johnny throws to the window hits the ground straight down, which is impossible <laughs> given the angle at which he throws it. <laughs> See, there is a a whole cottage industry of people who like watch this film and evaluate it. I I, I, I like another one here too, which Go is like uh, incorrectly regarded as goofs. Somebody has corrected that. The pistol that Chris R. uses to threaten Denny is clearly a BB gun, as evidenced by the hole in the top for the BBs and the circular plug in the butt for the CO2 cartridge, rather than a rectangular opening for a magazine. However, Chris R. does not fire it, and he effectively uses uses it to intimidate Denny. He may have deliberately carried an imitation firearm for this purpose, perhaps due, that due would to explain its why the gun didn't fire. Yeah, you know what? That that actually like maybe Tommy Wiseau backwardsly fell into like I'm a very smart nobody twist. thought of that. Of course not. <laughs> That's why it was so easy for them to disarm Chris R. Johnny's small apartment could not have any large rooms adjacent to it because it has exterior windows on all four sides. <laughs> That's kind of insane. Oh, uh, Lord. Well, let me ask you, the Graham. Um, after all the smoke settles and, you know, the dust clears off, is the joke now on us, though, as the filmmakers yeah. in the yes. audience? Because, yes. look, he's at the end of the day, he's at the premieres at TIFF, likely will be at the Academy Awards. His, well, he's he will be attending the Oscars this year. That's a, that's a oh fact. Oh, my God. I hope he hands one out. And that's, that's the, that's the, that's the okay. guaranteed will. Lillian left the room and she just started screaming. She entered how, the room. How? how did this work? Hi, like, does he have friends in high places or how did this No, he has, he's, he's creative now. Show. He has James Franco. His film is likely going to be up for some awards uh, at the Oscars. Oh, I'm talking about Tommy. Yeah, Tommy yeah, yeah. Wiseau Tommy Wiseau will be there. He'll be at the Oscars this year. Yeah, guaranteed. He was at TIFF. He was at everything now. No, I mean, he's he's, he's this, a household how name. How did the room get, <laughs> get so much exposure? Because people, it just spread like well. It's like everyone. Here's the thing, and I, I consider this a sacrilege, but everyone compared it to the Rocky Horror Picture Show because it's like you go, you shout out stuff, but it's like no, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a good so movie type of thing. It was the no, same hold, hold on, I, I would take it a step further. People yeah. like to be a part of trends, and yes. this is most definitely a trend. But the, other, the other thing to remember too is that like the the people that go out to see the room regularly, they're not cinema goers. They're not people no. like they're not. They're people that like this is something where they get to go and scream and shout and be obnoxious. Throw stuff at a screen, throw spoons, throw footballs. At the very first screening in Toronto, which myself, Vanessa Young, a former uh, guest on this podcast and current audience member, and uh, Phil Bardak were at, 
someone threw a football at the screen and it ripped the screen. And this is the very first screening in Toronto ever. That's the kind of, of crowd that this film attracts. Oh. It's not a good crowd. It's a crappy crowd. Yeah, to your point, it's not it's not people going to see Chopping Mall like you and me last yes. week. It's not people going to support bad cinema. It's people not getting bad drunk. Cinema. It's not people going to support crazy awesome cinema. True, true that. Yeah, no, no. It's people. Yeah. It's people who are getting getting drunk and going seeing something because it's an event. It's cool to be to go and see this. I would take it a step further. I would be I would be shocked. By the way, I bet you if you went and interviewed a bunch of the people who came out of the disaster artists and asked them if they've actually seen the room, I bet you fifty percent of that audience has never seen the room. 100%. No, because it's the room was a, a limited release and the, the Disaster Artist was a wide release. Exactly That's that. the crazy thing. The Disaster Artist is actually in more screens than the room ever was. But it's just, it's just society as a whole now. People always want to be a part of what the trend is. This movie comes off as subversive. It's a subversive thing. I mean, when you watch the film, and if you don't have any kind of inside knowledge of making cinematography, you realize that... Uh, you realize how off the mark this guy was on almost every single angle, but at the end of the day... Literally on every single angle. The angles in the film don't make sense. The, the, the writing doesn't make sense, the production doesn't make sense, the shooting doesn't make sense. There's another revealing mistake which plays in here, which is which is kind of funny. Um, and, and also too much. All of the living room furniture in Johnny and Lisa's apartment is positioned in such a way that obscures the view of the TV. I know, the TV is actually behind a chair. <laughs> So let me ask you another question then, Graham, as an yes. independent filmmaker. Um, Go ahead. The truth, the truth of the matter is, no, no, quite seriously, the truth of the matter is, is we're talking, we have to go back to 2003 here. The only reason this guy was able to make a movie was because he was independently wealthy. Um, had this guy made a movie now in 2017, no one would be talking about it. Nobody would be behind it. Part of the charm and the, the whole reason this thing came about is because he, he sunk in $6 million, which at that time was more like $7.8 million if you adjust it for inflation. Uh, at the end of the day, that's what people want to go see. I can't believe this guy invested this much money into it. Today, with the cameras and, and the cell phones and everything else, you couldn't replicate that. People wouldn't give a shit. So my question to you yeah. as a filmmaker is, how does that make you feel? Because now all of a sudden you have a guy who is infamous and he's achieved his goal, but only again because he was independently wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. How do I feel this about that as, as an independent filmmaker? I think, my shorts, right? I, yeah, you, you should sell, much. You should sell some jeans, Graham. What I would say <laughs> is that like I, lack of budget has never stopped me. Woo! Um, nice. It's the difference is that like. Oh, Lily, don't cry. I'm the one that needs to cry after watching this movie. <laughs> no. For the third time, right? For the third time oh, in my life. Mm. No, the, the the fact of the matter is, is that this is a fluke. That's yeah. that's what you have to say. It's it's a fluke. There are so many worse movies that get released. Like there are so many. Because the thing is, like, when I I when I first saw this movie, we actually had to fast forward through a large part of it because it was so awful and boring to sit through and. Um, we were just lucky that we had a big, enthusiastic group of people here tonight to watch it. But it's, it's a slog. I, I will, I will wait, say, bad storytelling. It is. Period. It, it's been a while since I've watched a film and have been shushed so many times. Because no, no, you gotta, you gotta hear this dialogue. You have to hear it. <laughs> and every time we were right, right. I uh, felt myself hanging on and saying, okay, let me hear these people out. Let me find out what the fuck's going on here because uh, what the fuck's going on here, man? <laughs> I think, I think, Graham, you nailed it on the absolute head. Um, 
it's why I finally gave in and was so excited to see this movie is that it is a fluke. You can't replicate yeah. it. Nobody can replicate it. Tommy Wiseau can't even replicate he's it. He's tried and he can't. He can't. You can't because Allegedly, it's though, lightning his, in a bottle. The new film that he's acting in, uh, Best Friends, is supposed to be very good. According, it, it screened at the South by Southwest. Who made it? Though he made uh, it. No, no, he yeah, he, he acted it. in it. Was inspired by Greg Sestero, the uh, co-star of the room, wrote the script. He's in this too. That was yeah. yeah that Best was. Friend came back. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. To... For the for the record, I think if you put Tommy Wiseau and acted in anything, it would be hysterical. But yeah. I mean, I would love to see him in some of the uh, what are, no, what are those uh, Canadian it, boys that we like? Scott, uh, I don't think Astro and Sick. He'd be, he'd be perfect in that. I Scott, don't. I don't I... think you realize that this is the same guy who played the psychologist in the beginning and just could not bring himself to come back for the rest of the movie. <laughs> That's my favorite character doing, arc of And now they're doing a movie together? Best friend? No, 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 no. He, no, it's, it's the guy that played Mark, the, the, the guy that had the beard, the guy that was cheating on him with Lisa. That oh, cheating Mark. bastard who lost his beard. Which I must say was very confusing as an audience member. Him shaving the beard was very confusing with all the people coming in and it out. It was a character arc. He had a beard and then he did not have a beard. <laughs> so I bred. Yeah. Baby face. <laughs> oh so well, guys. But like, post yes. the room, like, I can't, like, if it's something that like, Tommy Wiseau's casting and it's not his own work it can't not be stunt casting as well but that's the thing it's all stunt casting they're, like they're, in Samurai Cop 2 he was horrible they're just looking for that line delivery which you could pipe in now of course if you're editing it but um are you okay Danny? I'm okay are you okay? I'm okay you know better Danny you almost got killed did not hit her it's not true it's bullshit I did not hit her I did not oh hi Mark <laughs> what a story, Mark. Yeah, you can say that again. I'm so happy I have you as my best friend, and I love Lisa so much. I'm your future husband. You sure about that? Maybe I'll change my mind. Don't talk like that. What do you mean? What do you think? Women change their minds all the time. <laughs> You must be kidding, aren't you? Look, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to go upstairs and wash up and go to bed. How dare you talk to me like that? You should tell me everything. You're lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Yeah. What, what line delivery is that, Kit? Just like, I fed up with this motherfucking world, or whatever the fuck the he says. Yeah, it's not what he says, but I've only seen it once, Grant. I fed up with this world. Okay. Yes, another question from the audience. Hello, it's Tatiana again. Um, I think he says, I grow fury of this world. When do we return back to Transylvania, huh? <laughs> and, and also, I, I just like to say that I think the reason we were so at the edge of our seats to hear everything, I don't think it was because it was so interesting. I think it's because we have a responsibility to this podcast. <laughs> That's it, to say something afterwards. What? No way! Can, can you be the host from now on? <laughs> we were trying to make sense of... We were trying to give this movie a chance, right? Like, I didn't know what it was all about at all. Like, I didn't even know what the plot was about. I've seen it twice. I still don't know what this movie is all about. I've seen it three times. I kind of know what it's about. It's about love and sex. So and relationships and drugs. Okay, guys. Okay, okay. Let's bring it all home. It's it's time for our final thoughts. So, Phil, since you have the microphone, what is your final thoughts on the room? Seeing it for a second time. Oh, it's 
I don't know what my final thoughts are. <laughs> That's probably the best answer you can possibly have. Phil, Phil was one of the people shushing other people to, <laughs> to pay attention to the film mm-hmm. at certain points. So there's obviously some sort of... It I don't comes know. from a good place. Like it comes from contemplation. His response. <laughs> it, it's it, it's it's an up to the point of being surreal, completely unintentionally. Um, it's magnetic yet so atrocious and problematic. God bless you, Phil. <laughs> so Scott, uh, it's your first time seeing this film. What is it? What are your final thoughts? I guess I could liken it to the, you know, kind of the first time you tried drugs in high school. <laughs> you know, it's proceed with extreme caution. You probably shouldn't try them again in that quantity. Oh my God, check, check, check. And, uh, ah, oh shit, I'll do another hit. <laughs> Can't watch it again, huh? Kit, what's your final thoughts? Uh, Graham's not going to like this, but I did. Uh, I felt a lot of the same feelings <laughs> I did when I watched Get Even. It's just, mm-hmm. as I've said many times on this podcast, the, Kit, it's okay to be wrong. They, they're, they're both inept filmmakers who are doing something that they think will make them famous, mm-hmm. and their ineptness is what makes the film enjoyable for yeah, for other people. But so. More. Uh, the only difference between Tommy Wiseau and John the Hart is that John the Hart isn't. Isn't successfully tyrannical in the way Tommy Wiseau was because Wings Hauser manages to hijack the movie in every scene he's in. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. John DeHart knew I've got to bring in the heavy hitters. I got to bring in William Smith and John DeHart. And no, and sorry, and Wings Hauser. I got to show you this Wings Hauser t shirt. John DeHart's a heavy hitter. He is. He definitely sees himself that way. So, Lillian. No, I, I like what Kit said totally. I was nodding my head the entire time. But yeah, Get Even is. The greater flick here. I'm, I'm on the yeah. fence on that, but I'm I'm willing to. You are? Yeah. No, no, no. I, no let's no, get you. I'm, I'm, you know what? Okay, I'm, let's I'm get partial. you off that fence. What am, the fuck are you doing on that fence? I'm partial to get even. <laughs> I I really am because there's more uh, crossbow scenes. Hold yeah. on, I have I have an essential question for Graham because it's yes. just burning in my head. So now that now that the smoke has settled, right? Many people consider the room the greatest worst movie of all time. Many people previously considered uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space, and many people would still arguably consider Troll Two. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on the subject, sir? Has anybody seen I, he, here seen Troll Two? By the way, no. I don't think anybody here has. No. Next podcast. I, I saw that. Uh, no, 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 no. We don't watch movies that are so bad they're good. We watch yes, movies we that do. are so great yes, they're awesome. Yes, we do. I must, I must like say, even. I must say, as a newcomer to the podcast, I will say that for the, an abandoned video store, there's quite a few Blu-rays in here that are brand new. That's true. The ghosts put them here, Scott. Oh, I see. And and perhaps Pamela. There's only so much that could be. Um, Pamela the raccoon. Hold on, we've got a we've got a question okay, from the audience. A question from the audience. Again, this is not a question. This is just an observation. I noticed there's a young lady in the auditorium that would like to say something. <laughs> do I edit this out? Maybe. No. No. Uh, Vanessa, do you want to speak, Vanessa? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you're. I'm recording. No final For me or you? You. Just my final. Okay. So the, the 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 young lady asked, "What are my final thoughts?" My final thoughts are. <sighs> I'm fed up with this world. Um, 
My final thoughts are this You're is just a, a chicken. Cheep, 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 You betray me. You're not good. You, you're just a chicken. Cheep, 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 cheep. Long story short, this is a bad movie. I am not a fan of it. Uh, but I like the fact that Tommy Wiseau has kind of created this weird cottage industry. I like the fact that it's kind of a reflection on ourselves to a degree. And that everyone deep inside feels in whatever job they are doing, they might possibly be the Tommy Wiseau of that job. So so how do you feel, um, I, I think you were a fan of The Disaster Artist. Yes. That this film, The Room, which you don't like, was it birthed this other film that you do like. I'm a bigger fan of The Disaster Artist, the book, than of the movie. And I'm a bigger fan of The Disaster Artist, the movie, than I am of The Room. Um, how do I feel is that... Well, everything needs a nucleus. Everything needs its, like, origin point, or its alpha, if you would. And I feel that, like, right now we've hit the omega for the room, and I think that as 27 ends, so does the story of the room. 27, let's just... Sorry, 20... So, and I feel as 2017 ends, so does the story of the room. I really do think that after the disasters comes out and now people see Tommy Wiseau as a human being and not a walking punchline. It's not an ending story though. It's something that happens all the time. That's that's the thing about it. But what is the... (laughs) No, I mean love and betrayal and all that crap. And sex. And sex. Yeah. And motherfucker. Um... Does the disaster artist, how does it play out? Does it like kind of repeat it play by play or like does it redo it or does it? Oh, it redoes it. They, they, it presents the making of it and they reshot. And it shows all the bad things that went on and people complaining about water and all that crap. But in a much more comical way than the book does. And and friend of the show, Paul Shear is in it. He is. He plays the cinematographer. And also, uh, friend and foe of the podcast, let's be honest. And also the co-hosts of How This Get Made are also in the movie. Uh, Jason Manzoukas and uh, June Diane Rayfield. Wait, 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 one sec. Graham's tired, so I'm about to do something about this. Okay, I'm about to save this podcast. It's definitely going to help. I've got to stop recording. We've been talking for over an hour. This is a hot toddy. <laughs> Graham is being made a drink as we speak. Except it's not really hot. It's just a toddy. Why is it hot? There, you know? there, there was a lot of Havana Club poured into that cup that Graham is drinking from. And at this moment, Graham is re-entering the room into his That's DVD put player. That's here on my chest. I do have to say, you, round two. Are you, like, are okay. you ready to like give us a piece of your mind about like the comments in your pocket about about? <laughs> <laughs> put your comments in your pocket. Um, so, with that being said, happy 2017, happy New Year. Um, uh, we'll be back next year with Elvira's Haunted Hills Yay. kicking off the year. We're going to eventually air... Are they going to have snow on them? Yes, the Haunted Hills will have snow on them. Sorry. I love how I know what you're joking about, but they're just like, hmm? Haunted Hills. <laughs> <laughs> is, 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 is that a movie? Hills. Yes, it is. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it's the, a sequel the, to Elvira. Does she live in the, the hills? Guy. I don't. I don't understand. Oh, you guys are so slow. Okay, is, is it the, is for it the, death by video. Is it, the, it was an honor and a privilege to be here. Thank you very much. Yes, <laughs> for death by video. Um, I've been Phil. To Kit next. Is, is it? 
Is the hills around the Los Angeles Valley? Is yes, that what? Sir. Is that sure. the haunted hills that we're talking just, about? Just, just say your name. This, um, keep this uh, image she's, in your mind. And she's. Then you can kind of she's. She, I, I'm so He's been confused. Kit. I've been Lil. The wheels are off the bus, it's Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been Graham saying, Happy New Year. We'll see you next year. Be sure to rewind, and we will see you next time. Goodbye and good night.